You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I have with me today, Dr. Radisha Brown, and she has such a unique story because it's so incredibly personal and powerful. She was a mental health therapist, and she realized that she wasn't taking care of herself and her own mental health. And then that led to some problems that I'll let her tell you about. And she has now really taken charge of helping people connect their mental wellness to their physical weight. She is the author of the book, Girl, Get Off the Couch, Stop the Self-Hate and Lose the Weight. I am so excited to have her with us today. Dr. Radisha is from Georgia. She is a firm believer in that we are all in a fight for our own mental health. That is a quote from her book. We are all in a fight for our own mental health. She is a wellness warrior. She's going to tell us more about that and her live event that's coming up. And she's a speaker and a group coach. And I am so glad to have her with us. Welcome, Dr. Radisha. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak to your audience today. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I was reading on your website, which by the way, for people who want to look things up while we talk, The website is drradisha.com. I'm going to spell that D-R-R-A-D-I-S-H-A.com. And you can get your book there, Girl, Get Off the Couch, right from the website. But I was reading on the website how you have this really personal story of childhood abandonment and having that leading into a weight problem and how you dealt with that. And I thought, who better to tell your story than you? So please uh, let us know what you'd like to share with us today. Yes. um, What I talk about in my platform, I educate women on the connection between trauma and weight issues. So for me, I grew up um, in foster care. My mom was addicted to drugs and alcohol. And my grandmother raised us until I was around nine years old. At that point, she suddenly died. And me and my four brothers and sisters were left homeless. So we were placed into the Department of Social Services, Child Protective Services, and um, went into foster care. And my life took a completely different path from that experience. But I experienced a whole bunch of trauma from moving from one house to another house. If you know anything about the foster care systems, there's certainly a lot of work to be done with that system. But that carried that trauma with me and it affected everything I did, but I tried to pretend like it didn't. I tried to not think about it. And in fact, I didn't speak about it. Most of my colleagues had no idea until I wrote the book that I was a foster kid and that I you know, experienced so much trauma growing up, which led to me using food to cope with it all. Food was my best friend. And as you can imagine, having a best friend as food ends up with weight issues. So it just kind of goes hand in hand. And I speak about that in detail in my book, my 80 pound weight loss story. And it I start off with my childhood and lead into adulthood so that people can understand the connection that we don't oftentimes understand or acknowledge that trauma creates emotional eating, which creates weight issues. So in order to deal with the weight issues, you've got to start at the source, which is the traumatic events that you experience. That is so profound. And I believe it from my very core to be true. I am a child of adoption and I was kept by my birth family for five months and then placed into what was then uh, child children's aid mm-hmm. and then uh, adopted out um, a few months later. And so somewhere deep inside, there was always that 
feeling of not good enough, mm-hmm. that feeling of abandonment. And even though I, you know, I've reconciled with my birth mother and, you know, she's lovely and everything else, there's still all of that stuff just below the surface of those feelings that when I'm having a bad day or when I'm overstressed or overtired that can can peak out again. And I think it's important for people to realize that this is a fairly common thing in our society. It really is. And yet we're not talking about it. We don't. And we use other things to cover it, to cope with it. I like to say we use the three Bs. Uh, We use, we go to the bakery for food. We go to the bar for alcohol and we go to somebody's bed for comfort. Mm-hmm. And all of those things on surface seem so much easier than dealing with the real issue, that trauma, um, because we believe that if we don't think about it, it doesn't affect us, but certainly it affects us at our core. It affects who our friends are. It affects the work we do. It affects whether or not we go for a job promotion or whether or not we go for education or start a business. It affects every aspect of our life. And if if you want to find balance, if you want to deal with your weight issues, if you want to build your confidence, we have to start at the source which took away those things from you. So what's one step that people can do to start at that source? The first step is I have a signature framework that I operate from. It's called owning your fat, F-A-T. And the F stands for feelings. And the first step in that process is acknowledging your feelings. So often for me, I know in many women, I just denied it. I was like, I'm not, I don't have any feelings about it. It doesn't bother me. It happened so long ago. It's not a part of my journey now. It's not a part of my story now. I just denied all of those feelings even though internally I was feeling it. So the first step in the process towards healing is acknowledging your feelings, saying angry about it, saying that I'm sad about it. I'm disappointed. The people in my life disappointed me, putting words to those feelings and acknowledging it. The A in fact stands for actions. Now you've acknowledged it. Now it's time to take action because acknowledgement by itself does not create change. Acknowledgement plus action. So if I've acknowledged that I have feelings, negative feelings about an experience, now I need to take action towards healing that, whether it's getting scheduling an appointment with a mental health therapist, seeing a nutritionist, seeing a medical doctor, whatever those actions are that I need to take to find alignment, that's what I need to do. The third part, which is T, is transformation. You've got to believe that you're able to transform. You got to be able to visualize your transformation because you're not gonna gonna get to your destiny without believing that you can get to your destiny and living each day as you've already made it. So it's called honor your fat, F is feelings, acknowledging your feelings, A is taking action, T is identifying your transformation and acknowledging and visualizing that transformation. I'd like to talk a little bit more about that because it sounds like a a great way of getting people started on the right path and starting with those feelings. I think so many times people think, well, other people had it worse than me. Mm -hmm. Maybe what I went through wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. And I hear this, whether it's an abandonment issue or an abuse issue or an illness or an accident, just not saying you know, hey, this happened and it really sucked. Yes, yes. So often we justify it and we're told, why are you Why are you sad about it? People had it much worse or there's other people in your situation and they're not crying about it. Society and the people in our lives tell us 
that we're wrong and feeling the way we do. So we internalize that as clearly something's wrong with me. I cannot identify that anger. I cannot acknowledge that anger. And that thought process will keep you utilizing other things. It will keep you not get, reaching your healing journey and getting on the proper journey for healing. That's why it's so important because if you're feeling, the thing is, if you're feeling a certain way, if you're feeling, I was so angry with my mom, but I couldn't say that. I was so angry with her because I felt she abandoned us. And in so many ways she did because of her pain and using drugs and alcohol. And I fought within myself because Internally, I felt angry, but I was told that I shouldn't be angry. I should be happy and that people have it worse. So you're left with the mixed emotions in the internal dialogue that you're telling yourself that something's wrong with me because I'm still angry. People are saying I'm, I shouldn't be angry. So the first step in that process is acknowledging, you know what? That sucked. It sucked mm-hmm. not having a mom around. It sucked having a mom that was addicted to drugs and alcohol and and it hurt. It hurt me and I'm angry about it. And then taking action to make that feeling whole, to making peace with that. Because being angry and knowing that you're angry is one step, but staying angry is the problem. Mm-hmm. And so often we stay stuck in a place of anger, of loss, of grief, and not taking the actions needed for our healing journey. So when we talk about these actions, you mentioned seeing a doctor or a therapist or a counselor. What are some of um, what have been some of the things that you have found that people have done with the most effective results? Because I do want to mention, in particular, with food, with your book, "Girl, Get Off the Couch, Stop the Self Hate, Lose the Weight." You talked about food being a friend, and you know the friend's not only there for the bad times; yeah. the friend's there for the good times too. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we're celebrating with food. We're mourning with food. We're, you know, we are passing boredom with food. Yes. It's, you know, it's that frenemy, right? Mm -hmm. That companion. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the most successful actions that people can take once they've acknowledged their feelings and said, mm-hmm. okay, it's okay for me to feel this way. And I'm going to allow myself to actually feel these feelings, mm-hmm. which in itself is terrifying and makes me want to eat mm-hmm. just thinking about it. Yes. Right. And so the action rather than going to the fridge is like you said, seeing a counselor or a doctor or a therapist, what are some other ideas or what would what kind of results would you get from a doctor, therapist or counselor? Um, it's like for me, for the women that I work with, the, one of the big items that we focus around food specifically is our sugar intake because mm-hmm. sugar intensifies depression and depressive symptoms as well as anxiety symptoms. So for me, I use sugar as as the, the go-to girl, you know, if it's sweet tea, if it's sugar in the food, if it's cake and cookies, M&Ms, that was my snack throughout the day. I would get a big old bag of M- uh, peanut M&Ms and I would just eat a whole you know, family pack within two days because every time something was exciting, I would eat it. When I was bored, I would eat it. So taking action to cut out the sugar. That's I have a whole chapter in my book focused around, and I call it, I said sugar is the devil. Sugar is meant to lie to us because it tells us, I'm going to make you feel better. And all the while it's hurting us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be there for you. And all the while is creating distance from, for us, from people we love because we start gaining weight and we don't, you know, we don't want to be around people. We think everybody's focused on our weight. So certainly we do a lot of work around sugar because it is the devil and it is meant to lie to us. So cutting back on sugar and really looking at how much sugar we're intaking because sugar is an addiction. There is sugar addiction. And in fact, sugar Mm -hmm. is eight times more addictive than cocaine. 
And Absolutely. as a um, as an addiction specialist, because <laughs> sugar is an addiction and you have to treat it as such, you know, theoretically, it's easier to get off of cocaine than it is sugar. Our brains get attached to it. We start craving it. We feel like we need it to survive. And so we need to, we have to take those steps to cut back on the sugar because it is lying to us the whole time that we think it's helping us. The other piece is getting water, getting enough water. So often, I know for me, when I was fully, fully into my depression, I would, I wouldn't drink water. I mean, I thought drinking sweet teas because it starts out with water was was enough. And in fact, <laughs> I realized that that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. And, you know, I'm in the South. So sweet tea is more like sugar with a little bit of tea because it's just pure sugar. If you've ever had sweet tea in the South. So really, and, and, embracing water and really, because it's used to detoxify your system. It's used to take out all the bad stuff and push it out of your system because so often we are dealing with constipation and gut issues, a lot of it around not getting enough water. The third piece is meditation. And people, like when I first started my meditation journey, I used to think there's just uh, people sitting in a dark room just humming, (laughs) you know? Exactly. With their legs somehow miraculously crossed. Yeah. uh, And they could do it for hours and hours, which which some of the the real experts can do. But meditation is just a process of quieting the mind. Some people do it sitting, standing, on the floor, with music, without music. But we need to find that harmony within because change happens from the inside out. So meditation is just an amazing tool to help quiet all the negative thoughts running through our mind. We have thousands of negative thoughts throughout the day. And so often we listen to those thoughts as if they are us, but our thoughts are not us. And we get a choice in that matter, in that process. So understanding that we have a choice and we, we're not our thoughts. And so finding ways to quiet our thoughts and meditation is was tremendously helpful for me. That is such a beautiful piece. I'm glad that you added that in. I love the practical steps of lowering that sugar intake. And anybody who doesn't think it's an addiction, just try going without it. Mm -hmm. Truly without it. Truly without it for a few days. (laughs) Getting that enough water to help our bodies and the systems in our bodies. And that meditation piece. And I really liked what you said about our thoughts are not us. Mm -hmm. And um, being... um, a mental health therapist yourself, how do you find a way to really help your clients understand that our thoughts are not us? The first part is just acknowledging that you don't have to listen to your thoughts. You know, we feel so guilty sometimes. We, we're carrying so much guilt around with us and sadness around us because we believe our thoughts are us. Somehow in thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy you then start to, your actions start to line up with that negative thought. So first separating our thoughts from from us in that process is so tremendously helpful because then you're able to say, oh, I just thought I'm, I'm not good enough. You know what? I am good enough. I am powerful. I am worthy. And start to then act in power in your power and act in being enough and feeling like you're worthy will will change your life. You know, I like to say, change your thoughts, you change your life because it's so, so true. As much as we are in this life and have so many attachments and so many responsibilities, we often feel hopeless. We often feel trapped in some ways that we cannot get out of this little small box. And the first step is to free our minds to dream, free our minds to be 
all those things we thought of as kids and realizing that the only thing truly stopping you is you. That is so powerful. Change your thoughts, change your life is a theme that seems to come up with the podcasts that I've been recording. And it sounds like such a simple concept, right? Change your thoughts, change your life. It's so hard. So hard. So hard. It requires (laughs) you. It's training. You know, we think of like NFL players and uh, Olympic athletes and the things they're able to get their bodies to do. But it requires training. They didn't wake up one day and run a marathon. They didn't wake up one day and and say, oh, I'm going to be an NFL athlete and be, you know, you know, represent less than 1% of America. No, it takes training. It takes somebody waking up one day and saying, I'm going to go on a run Mm -hmm. or waking up one day and say, I'm going to go exercise or I'm going to go and train with someone that is an expert and just doing that over and over again. That's what separates people at the top in the peak of their game from everybody else is training. And so we have to retrain our brain because we We've been taught incorrectly. Absolutely. And um, when you talk about retraining our brain, it reminds me of, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I love his book, in particular, The Biology of Belief. And he talks about retraining our brain in there and changing our thoughts and changing our life. And that takes us to the T in your program, the transformation. You know, believe that you are able to transform. And uh, when you say that, are you talking about believing that you're able to transform your physical self? Yeah, all of it. Because if you are trying to get to a destination and you're going on vacation and you're trying to go to an island for vacation, you have to have a way to get to that destination. You have to believe that you can get to that destination. You have to plan around getting to that destination. It's the same. It works the same way within ourselves for our own transformation. Because if I don't believe that I'm able to lose the weight, then certainly when obstacles came about and certainly obstacles came um, around on this journey, I would have stopped there because I couldn't see myself any other place. I couldn't see myself getting to the island on vacation. I couldn't see myself walking on the beach, having the sun on my face, listening to the ocean, seeing the ocean and the birds. I have to get at that level of detail in order so that I can empower myself throughout this journey because it's not going to be easy. Retraining the brain is probably the most difficult thing that you can do in this life. It's easier to eat a candy bar. It's easier to eat a piece of cake for sure because it's cheap and it's readily available. Retraining the brain takes dedication and focus and consistency. And certainly part of that process and that journey requires that we believe we can get to that destination. And that destination is different for everybody. Uh, The destination doesn't have to be 80 plus pounds, which was my journey. The destiny could be having confidence to enroll in school. That destiny could be starting your own business, going to college, going out for a job promotion, becoming a manager, traveling, telling your family that you don't want to go into family business or whatever that destiny is for you or that destination, you have to believe that you can get there in order to, for the journey. Because whatever that destination is, you're going to have obstacles in the way. I promise you. On my journey, one of the, you know, everybody knew I was trying to lose weight. And certainly as soon as people found out, people would bring in my favorite cake into work, (laughs) um, which is a pineapple upside down cake, which is my absolute favorite. And so I was just like, why is everybody bringing in my favorite cake as soon as I'm trying to kick the sugar habit and just different things that are on the obstacle journey for me. But I I just 
had to believe that I could get across the bridge. And so I encourage clients to really get very crystal clear on where that destination is that they they believe they're they're trying to go. And you said a really important piece too about making it a habit and not just a one-time thing or something that you do some of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminds me when you were speaking of that quote by Jim Ron, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Because there are definitely times as someone who myself, I've had my own weight issues in my life. And uh, it's not a lack of motivation, but it's just getting those habits really developed into our life so that that transformation can occur. You know, it's like you said about that uh, beach destination. You know, you can't drive a quarter of the way there and expect the beach to be there. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, oh, well, where's the beach? Oh, I still got another four hours to drive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dr. Radisha, I know you've got a conference coming up, a live conference, which is really exciting. And I'm sure a ton of work called Wellness Warrior Live Conference. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm super excited about it. It's been a dream of mine for some time. And so I'm, you know, finally decided to really get it going. It will be February 1st here in Augusta, Georgia, but it's all about supercharging our inner hero and bringing the experts directly to you that will help you on your wellness journey. So we will have 15 mental health professionals. We'll have a mental health professional seated at every table, guiding women through ups and downs on their journey, answering questions, really being a real support for them. We will also have nutrition experts doing food samples on how food can taste without all the sugar in it. Uh, We will have a skin expert because we know how we look on the outside affects how we feel on the inside. We are just going to have a lot of fun a lot of fun. And I'm so excited about the event. And I encourage your listeners, hey, come out. This is a unique opportunity to really supercharge your inner hero. I just think you have covered everything. (laughs) All of those experts, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely fantastic. Are you looking to make this like an annual event or will you be able to have it available online at all in the future? Oh man. Oh, if I can just get through it first. (laughs) But I think I will, yes, to answer your question, yes. Although it's been so much work, but I do plan to offer this as an online summit probably in the fall so that we can expand the reach in the community so that people can have access to it from the comfort of their home so that distance is not an issue. Well, I'm really excited about that and uh, really excited to direct people to your website, drradisha.com. That's D-R-R-A-D-I-S-H-A.com. And her book is Girl, Get Off the Couch. It is a groundbreaking self-help book and it really will help you to drop the weight and look at any negative thinking that may be attacking your feelings of self-worth. We all know how important this is. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on owning your fat. I'm really uh, liking how you've worked out this program about acknowledging your feelings and taking action and believing in your own transformation because that is what is going to shatter that negative thinking and help you get rid of those poor eating habits and triggers and so on. And uh, I just celebrate with you all of the good that you're doing in the world for other people and for yourself and just helping it, it make the world a healthier, happier, less addicted, and more loving place. So thank you so much for being here. Again, it is drradisha.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. 
If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.